welcome to Shedding Light Hunting Stories Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the average Joe and their great hunting stories. I'm your host, Travis Williams. You're listening to episode 88. Hey guys, welcome to the show. I uh, just picture some of you listening to this in your truck on your way out to your hunting spots. Um, man, season is in full swing here in most states. Uh, comes in in Ohio here in two days. I know October 1st is the opener for some guys. So, man, I'm excited for you guys. It's, it's a fun time to be out in the woods enjoying that. I know some of our listeners are elk hunters, so... Uh, elk season's coming to a close as far as bow season is concerned so maybe there's some rifle hunters out there getting ready for october and just want to wish you all well uh be safe out there remember uh to use safety harnesses use your lineman's belt um make sure you're taking good shots um want, want everybody to be safe this season coming up i am excited i'll just give you a quick rundown of what i got going um originally my plan was just to wait until sunday night and take Corey out on his uh, first bow hunt uh, where he'll be holding the compound bow he went with me last year and filmed a couple times and uh, we got a good plan got a good wind i'm excited for it but opening day man i hate to miss opening day and opening evening there was a plan there was something that got put on the calendar (laughs) got scheduled and i can't go hunting on saturday night so I, I really try to avoid hunting mornings. I feel like I've caused a lot more problems going in in the morning and bumping deer that are already, you know, where I'm going or whatever. Um, lot, some guys can hunt mornings. Um, I, I've tried to avoid them uh, for the most part until like the rut or whatever. Uh, but I got on the map and I got to looking around and I found a piece of public land not too far from me uh, that I, I didn't even know was there. Did a little e-scouting. I have never been to this property, but Saturday morning I plan to get in there bright and early, get up to this flat, see if I can maybe find some acorns, some sign in the dark, and I'm just going to climb up in my saddle and see what happens. If I see a deer, I'll consider it a win. I'm willing to take a doe on opening day, so we'll just see what happens, and uh, I'll let you guys know about that. So by the time this drops on Sunday, that that hunt will have already happened on Saturday, and I'm excited uh, for it. So that's what we got going on. Um, uh, also, we've got some t-shirts available for purchase. Uh, these are super soft Bella Canvas uh, t-shirts that have our logo on them. You can get it like giant logo on the middle of your chest, or you can get like a little pocket uh, logo. There's those options. Um, and that is going to run, I believe, for like another 14 days. So you got two weeks to get that in. We don't have like an online store or merch or anything like that. We're not a very big group. Uh, it's me and two buddies, and then we have some contributors that uh, help us with content and we pay for all this out of pocket i pay for the podcast out of pocket we pay for a a music subscription so to get the the whistle song and all that you know there's a few things that we pay for and i tell you what every little bit helps Uh, we're not going to become rich off this fundraiser but if you would like to support us i'll drop a link below for those t-shirt orders would love it if you would uh, order one and we don't order like a bunch of extra so you basically have two weeks to get it um and, and after that there there won't be any shirts available so uh would appreciate your support that said end of the plug end of what's going on i have a very unique and special guest i've I've thought about this for a while and i thought that it might be interesting uh, to have somebody on who um, wasn't a hunter but somebody that knew me and i could kind of ask them some questions about 
you know, what they thought about hunting, uh, what they thought about me hunting, and I thought no better person to ask than my lovely wife, Kate Williams. <laughs> so last night I sat down and I had about a 45-minute or so interview with my wife, and it was a ton of fun. I, I think that you guys are going to enjoy this. Some of you guys are married to someone who loves to hunt as much as what you do. Um, and maybe uh, it's something that they kind of gave it a try and they loved it and they jumped right in and now you know, you're know you sharing time together in the woods. I'm going to venture to guess that there's probably several other guys out there like me who your spouse <laughs> uh, has no desire to hunt. It is just not something that they would ever want to do no matter how much you've maybe tried or uh, you know tried to convince them to come out or sit or film or whatever it's just not something that they really have any desire to be a part of and and maybe they have different reasons that's my wife um so i thought it might be interesting to hear from a non-hunter's perspective um about what she thinks about hunting. Now, you know, obviously there's got to be some moments during this interview that we talk about where my wife's got some frustrations, and so she lays that out, but we're not all negative. She does talk about some things that I've done, some things I wasn't even aware of she brought up uh, to kind of help her with uh, my addiction to hunting. We talk about her season goals for this year. Uh, and then what's really fun is my my wife actually uh, had some of her her favorite hunting stories that I've I've experienced, and some of them we have not told on the podcast before. So she tells my hunting stories in her own words, and it's it's kind of funny. Uh, there's some good stuff, and then at the end um, we we dive into something a little bit more serious. Um, and I, I'd encourage you guys, if you would, just listen to that. Hopefully it's something that maybe would help you. If you're dating someone or want to date someone or you're married, uh, I hope that this podcast will, in some way, hopefully maybe give you some ideas, some encouragement, uh, maybe help you through some hard times. Um, I'll just come out and say that uh, tomorrow will be the two-year passing of my oldest daughter. And so we dive into that a little bit at the end. So I don't want you to be blindsided. But it's it's a good conversation. We don't cry or anything like that. We do get a little, you know, mushy. Um, uh, but. You know what? I love my wife, um, and I really enjoy hunting, and I thought that this would be an interesting episode. So we're going to hop right in here with my wife, Kate Williams. Hope that you guys enjoy this one. All right, guys. uh, Coming to you uh, from our living room. (laughs) Uh, This is, without a doubt, the prettiest and smartest guest that I've, I've had on the show. And uh, she has graciously decided to join me tonight. I would like to introduce my wife, Kate. Hi, good evening. So, Kate, how are you this, this fine evening? Huh? Can't complain. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so, kids are in bed. Uh, that's always fun. Uh, we usually try and get them down by 8 o'clock, and we had a wrestling match tonight with our uh, middle child. And... Uh, so yeah, it's always fun. But uh, guys have heard me probably reference you, always good things, um, <laughs> in the past on this show. Um, and I just thought it would be interesting just to kind of pick your brain a little bit about hunting, um, especially since you aren't a hunter. Have you ever gone hunting before? No, I have never been hunting. Okay, unless you count that one time that I heard a turkey gobble and I make you made you go out last <laughs> yes. spring and sit by a log. And, and sit by a log and hold a gun because you had filled your tags. Yes. And I uh, could use landowners. Yes, you did not seem very amused about that, I don't... Oh, well, no. Yeah, because the turkey didn't come, it was... And it was a big gun. It was a big gun, you were nervous about that. But. <laughs> 
Give us a little bit, um, so I'm sure in the intro of this, I've, I've talked a little bit about you, but go ahead and just kind of give us an introduction, who you are, uh, you know, we know who you're married to and all that good stuff, but go yeah, ahead. Sure, so I'm Kate, and Travis and I have been married for, what, 11 years now? Yeah. Yeah, we have three girls, three beautiful girls, and um, I am an accountant at the Bureau of the Fiscal Service, so I work for the government. Yeah, she's and, a government worker, you know. Yeah. And I grew up on a farm. Um, my dad was a hunter, and the big family tradition was all the guys on Thanksgiving Day would go rabbit hunting. Um, I think there was only one Thanksgiving, though, that we actually ate a rabbit. So I don't know how successful <laughs> it, well, they were. They weren't, and I, I've gone with them once or twice, which was cool because I haven't hunted with your, your family very much at all. And uh, they don't have a dog, so that's part no, of it. Just it's go just chase rabbits. Just try and kick up a rabbit and hope that. He, and I think we actually got one one year with uh, with them. I, I hunted with them yeah. once and got one rabbit. I don't know, but rabbit and cream of mushroom soup, pretty delicious. Yeah, um, hog farm. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, my dad uh, raises baby pigs basically, and he sells them um, to a company out of Indiana right now, and they're about two weeks old. He sells about five hundred baby pigs a week. So it's a pretty big operation, about 1,400 sows, mama pigs. Yeah. Um, and he and his brother, my Uncle Kenny, run it. And they have a couple people that work for them. One of them is my uh, cousin, Nick. And uh, it was just their passion. They love to farm. And so it's their livelihood. It's not like a side thing. They don't have other jobs. That's all they do. Yeah. And it was kind of neat is your brother and Nick, uh, they decided that they kind of wanted to do their own thing just on the, down the road a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so they opened up what's called Aquaponics Lettuce Heads Greenhouse. Right. Um, and this is all in northern Ohio. So if you live up there, you could check it out online. But mm-hmm. they have... Uh, they have a bunch of fish in barrels, and that fertilizes the beds that the uh, plants are on. They have a big old greenhouse kind of thing, so they grow plants year-round and mm-hmm. try and make a profit off that. Kate does the books, you know. And I do. I'm the tax person. So. <laughs> yeah. So we'll get into... I, I got some fun stuff, I think, <laughs> to ask you about hunting, but I do think... One story that's never been told on here is how you and I met um, <laughs> and some of that fun stuff. <laughs> right. So uh, let's talk a little bit about that, how you and I met and how this whole thing got started. Sure. Well, the short version of how you and I met is college. Yep. Um, we'll just go with we met at OVU. The long version is um, he did not like me at college. Uh, he was chasing some other girls from back home. <laughs> and so um, we met in choir. We danced in the choir room. He does not remember this at all. No. Um, I mean, it sounds like something I would do, but I don't remember it very well, yeah. (laughs) Um, And one of my friends really liked him and uh, went on choir tour with him, talked about him a lot. He seemed like a nice enough guy. Um, But I was dating somebody, and he came to be the intern at my um, home church. And um, I really didn't like him. He lived at my house. Now, the exact words. So I was living at her mom and dad's house. Mm -hmm. Kate was back home working at this point out of college. And I was just that guy that was always around, you know. Yeah, so the words, I will never date Travis Williams. Yes. Those words came out of my mouth her mom, at least once. <laughs> her mom kept on trying to set us up. Her mom was trying to play matchmaker. And Kate said, I will never date Travis Williams. Yeah, um, well, we see how that turned out. Yes, so, so a year later I showed up and uh, was with a skit group at that point. Yes. And um, we started talking and the rest mm-hmm. was pretty well history. So. Pretty much. 
All right, so that's kind of our, our background. We lived in North Canton for four years when we first got married. Kate mm-hmm. has been a tax accountant for most of that time, and then we moved down here to Southeast Ohio and um, after four years, and so we've been here for going eight. on eight, yeah, mm-hmm. eight years eight now. Years. So three kids, and uh, you've had, what, two jobs, right? Three. Three. I worked oh, at a right. public accounting yep. firm, and then I worked for um, Ohio Valley University, where we graduated, and now I am at the Bureau of the Fiscal Service. Well, let's just call it public debt, because that's debt. what everybody calls it. Yeah. So That's the old name. The old so. name. But All right, so that's our background uh, for those of you who were curious, <laughs> if you were <laughs> at all. So let's talk about hunting. You said, basically, your, your dad, I think, used to hunt some. I know that he did because there's a giant reminder every time I walk inside the house. Right. So dad hunted. Um, he bow hunted a little bit. I don't remember him ever getting anything with his bow, but... Um, I do know that he, he used spurs before I even knew about it. So with saddle hunting, I got into hunting with, uh, with spurs... And I was at your dad's house telling him how, I, well, I didn't have spurs. And I was like, I need to get some spurs. I was telling him about all this stuff. Of course, saddle hunters, we can't help but talk about our gear and stuff. And I was like, I could, if I just had spurs. And he's like, hold on a second. And he went to the basement. He comes back up with a pair of spurs. And apparently, he used to hunt just using spurs. No tree stand. He would just... Oh, yeah. He just dug in. I remember that much. Yeah. No safety harness. No rope. Would just... Which would scare me to death. But he would just climb up to a crook in a tree using the spurs. And my grandpa, so mom's dad, was a lineman for um, Ohio Power. And so those were just like his, oh, here I have an extra set of spurs from work, whatever. And that's what dad used. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if your dad ever got anything with a bow or not, but I do know he got something with a gun. He did. And actually, I think the story was that there were three of them on the hunt, and um, he was the third shot, and his shot actually dropped the deer, so he got to keep it. So there's a pretty big buck on our living room wall. It's been there, I don't know, probably 20, 25 years. Yeah. Um, it's, it's I, I mean... I think it was like 160, 170, maybe? I really like that you know that, like that kind of... I know it was a big deal when he got it measured, so... (laughs) I didn't know that. That's cool. It's big. It's a big one. We decorate it for all the holidays. (laughs) Yes, they do. Christmas lights. Looks like he got shot at Mardi Gras. You know, it's great. Yeah, but no, he's he's a pretty buck. He really is. All right. So that's kind of your background. I know Mm -hmm. your your Uncle Kenny, he hunts. He's killed some big bucks. and and my Um, cousin Nick, he's a big... Well, he's really a big duck hunter. Yeah. But yeah, they all hunt. Um, yeah, and your brother is actually interested now in uh, hunting with a recurve. So that yeah. that kind of came out of nowhere this past. But other week, than so. rabbit hunting, he's never hunted yeah. before. So, so that's kind of your family background. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk a, just from your perspective. When you and I started dating, mm-hmm. what did you think about my hunting? Was it something that I brought up much back then, or what do you remember about pre-marriage, <laughs> like me hunting? I don't remember you talking about hunting. Well, definitely not nearly as much as you do now. Right. But um, I knew that you hunted. Uh, you did deer drives. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a muzzle loader. Um, you had a shotgun. You did not bow hunt. Um, so I, I knew like you would go with your dad. Sometimes you'd take school off and you'd go hang out and. Know, play cards and eat lots of food and then you were either a stander or a shooter and you went on deer drives yeah that's about the extent of what i knew about your hunting when we were dating yeah and I, i'd say it's pretty accurate i mean i did hunt some but because i was in college you know i didn't get a hunt hardly 
hardly at all, it seemed like, in college. I mean, I'd go home for gun season, and that's what I kind of live for. I did I did use a crossbow a couple of times during cos- uh, college. Um, I don't think I knew that. I think it was only yeah, uh, maybe twice. I, I shot a buck out from underneath a feeder one time. Um, but, yeah, that's about the extent of it. And then we got married. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what changed. Yeah, you know? I don't know either. Go ahead. <laughs> No, um, once we got married, you started uh, to bow hunt, which was really funny because we lived in North Canton. <laughs> I mean, like downtown North Canton on the same street as Hoover High School. And you're like, yeah, I think we're going to take up bow hunting. But what was cool about that is that you got to go to my grandparents' house because they did live out in the country. And uh, my grandparents just adored him. Well, still do. And so he would go out there and hunt. And that is one of my stories that I think is the funniest that you've ever told me from hunting. Oh, out of your grandparents? At my grandparents. Okay. All right. So, all right. I want to come back to North Canton in a second, but I want to hear this. So I did ask Kate to, like, I wanted to hear her perspective on, this is a hunting stories podcast, so it's not a, a dating podcast but, so or a marriage <laughs> podcast, but... So I did want her, I wanted some hunting stories, but I wanted Kate to tell her version of some of these hunting stories. So Kate, go ahead. Let's let's dive into a hunting story here. Okay. So my grandpa, um, he's probably oh, I think he was born like 1928. So he's older, right? Mm-hmm. So this was like probably I don't know 10 years ago, close to mm-hmm. it. And um, Travis went there to hunt. He would go in the mornings before work on his days off. So a couple times a week, probably during bow season, he was at my grandparents. Grandma was always making him breakfast, usually spam, fried spam. (laughs) Spam and eggs Um, every time. um, And so he had a climbing tree stand that he would take out. Mm -hmm. um, And he had the perfect trees. You know, he was just getting into the scent and making sure he was in early and everything was quiet and perfect. And he just left the tree stand at my my grandparents' house. And so he went to Pole Barn. He got the tree stand. He was there early, went out to the tree where he was going to hunt, went to get in. And my grandpa, being the handyman that he was, trying to help him out, had tightened all of the screws on his climber and he couldn't open his climber. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> so he had to go. Did you have to go back yeah. to get a wrench? So what I, I'd actually left. So I'd actually left this. This was a forty dollar climber that we found at a yard sale. Mm-hmm. It was like one of those old aluminum jobs. Not safe at all. I didn't wear a safety harness, and I think I'd had one hunt. This is like maybe the second hunt, and I left. I think I left the tree stand actually on the tree itself, um, if I remember right, because I got out there. And this tree stand, for some reason, had, like, where you would kind of slide in between the two handles. And guys that have them, you know what I'm talking about. You would slide in and kind of jack yourself up in the tree. Well, in between those two handles, there was a bar that went across there that you could fasten if you wanted to. But I was too fat to fit inside it. (laughs) And your loving, great, awesome grandfather thought that that should have been fastened. And so he tightened it like he fastened it. And there was I tried so many different ways to get up that tree. Like from the outside, and I, I, so I had to go back to the pole barn after driving 45 minutes to your grandfather's uh, to get a wrench in the dark. And yeah, so I was. I don't think you shot a deer that day. I don't think I did either. I, I didn't. I only shot. What did I shoot? One deer at your grandparents hunting there four years, yeah, maybe? maybe. I don't know. Not not. Those were the early years too. I know, uh, grandma still calls you and tells you there's deer out every night. So. She does, and your grandpa. Um, I've hunted there since, and it's it's a cool farm. One of the things I remember. So going back to North Canton, early yeah. early years, uh, Rose and Betty. <laughs> 
Yeah. Is that on your list? It's not, but I'll tell it. All right, go ahead. All right, so we lived like close to our neighbors in North Canton. I mean, it's town. We're in town. And there was a retirement home, kind of like condos behind us. And there were these two sweet old ladies, Rose and Betty, that lived there. And they had like big sliding glass doors on their back porch, which faced our back porch. And um, they were easy to talk to. They were actually from Monroe County, one Mm -hmm. of them at least, where Travis grew up. And um, so obviously you can't use a gun in town. So we had some rabbits that were eating the garden and a groundhog Mm -hmm. in the backyard. And so Travis decided he was going to shoot this rabbit (laughs) (laughs) with his bow in the backyard in North Canton. And so he pulls up on this rabbit. I had snuck around the front of the house. I had struggled so many times to get this rabbit perfect, like in the middle of the yard where I felt like it was a safe shot. And I finally got the shot that I wanted, except... Except that, was it Rose? I think so. I think Rose was watching out her back window like, what in the world is this crazy man doing? I'm about to come to full draw on this rabbit that seriously, I've snuck within about 15 yards of it. I'm confident I can take this shot and get rid of this garden muncher and i look up and there's this older woman looking like art my direction like what what are you doing and i just had to but later you did take a shot at either the rabbit or the groundhog and you lost your arrow and one of them returned it to you they found it when they were mowing the lawn yeah their landscaper actually found it (laughs) and and they they knew it was travis (laughs) yeah it was me um but you took a shot at a groundhog i did that's the only like living thing i've ever shot at yeah go ahead So there was a groundhog that lived under the neighbor's shed in North Canton, and Travis was on a trip, um, you know, with the church with his church work. And so um, the thing had eaten like three of my four heads of cabbage in our little tiny garden in North Canton, and I was I was ticked, like I was so mad at this groundhog. So Travis kept a BB gun <laughs> at the back door. So I opened the back door and I shot that stinking groundhog with the BB gun, and I hit it too. But, I don't think it killed it, but... Well, I know it didn't kill it. I saw it again, but it, <laughs> it at least scared it away from my garden for a few days. Vengeance. Vengeance. So my wife, she's actually pretty... You're a very good shot. I do know that. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. Why haven't you ever had a desire... Uh, and this is for guys out there. There's some of you guys out there, your wives, like they grew up hunting, they love hunting. That's not Kate. So Kate, why have you never wanted to do that? Give us your perspective on that. Um... I do not wish to be responsible for the death of the animal. Okay. But you don't have a problem with me in doing that myself? No. Okay. I mean, I'm going to eat it. Yeah. I just don't want to be responsible for killing it. Okay. And I, and I think it's fair enough. Have you ever... Is there anything that you've ever considered hunting? Um, well, you almost had me talked into turkey hunting mm-hmm. until I had to take the online hunter safety course which is miserable and not worth it (laughs) that kind of sealed the deal like kate mentioned to me one time you said uh i might be interested and i could i might be able to shoot a turkey because they're kind of weird looking (laughs) (laughs) and i was like hey i'll take that because i've always wanted to try and involve you but i know it's not your thing and i thought you know it might be one of those things that we could do together um but then that safety course, we couldn't find one locally, and I and then so I tried to get you to do the online thing, and it just it was but, long. Yeah, we have gone to some um, shooting ranges, you know, gun ranges, and we um, I've gone to Hendershots to do uh, their bow range. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, they the, were doing like a ladies bow class and um, they had somebody that was, um, she is like an archery coach for a high school yeah. and she shoots professionally and she was, you know, just for the ladies to come and learn how to shoot, get a little bit of target practice, use their bows so you didn't have to make a big investment. And I did that for a couple of months before COVID hit. And, yeah. And you like to fish. You do enjoy fishing. Do enjoy although fishing. I'm not a big fisherman, so we don't, we only yeah. fish like twice a year. I mean, but... if we actually caught something there, I'd be okay probably with killing it. Yeah. Yeah. And... You know, I mean, I remember we went frog gigging, but you were, that was before we got married. You were actually dating somebody yeah, else. Somebody else. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I cooked the frog legs. Yeah, she cooked the legs. And and so I think that's the thing. Like, Kate has no problem with me hunting. Um, and you actually support me. You support that thing that's became sometimes an obsession a little bit. And we can talk about that later. But I do think, um, you know, you've been pretty supportive, but it's just not something that you really want to do. And I don't know that there's anything I can do to make you change your mind on that. Because just yeah. the fact of killing an animal, there is, we talk about that on the show, there is definitely a lot of responsibility in that. It's not something I take lightly. So I get that. Yeah. So, well, um, well, we'll dive into that side a little bit. I want to kind of get down to some of those things about how my hunting's affected you. But I, any other stories that. Um, you'd care to tell in your own, own words? Um, well, I mean, I have a couple other stories that I thought of. Okay. Um, I think the, the funniest thing that's happened was um, last, I think it was last year, uh, you were up at my parents and you found some public ground and you decided you were going to go hunt this public ground. Uh, just, you know, right across from the state park there. Oh, okay. And so he, you know, he gets all set up and everything. And when he comes back, he tells us this story. And we're like, how'd you do? You know, like, you you weren't out there very long. Was there nothing out there? What happened? He goes, man, I found the perfect spot. And I sat down and I put my back against this tree. And all of a sudden, I just heard this buzzing. And he goes, I looked up and, like, literally there was a swarm of bees and it chased him out of the public land. True story. Yeah, that was scary. I I just remember, first off, I had a turkey come in that day. I was turkey hunting, and I had that turkey come in to about 20 yards. I should have killed the thing, but I'm pretty glad I didn't fire my gun off after knowing this because I, I started, to, as soon as that turkey went away, within 10 minutes, I started to hear a droning noise, and I just thought it was a farm equipment, and it just got louder and louder and louder, and I, I just happened to catch a bee go by, and I thought, wait a second. I look up, and there was a, like a giant swarm of bees in the tree above my head. So, yeah, that was that was a fun one. <laughs> yeah. Do you, I mean, do you want me to tell stories, or do you want me to kind of fit them into, you know, like where, when we're talking about some other things? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, sure, we can, we can weave them in. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, because I think the other one's kind of kind of fit with some other things. I don't remember what all we're supposed to talk about, but um, I do know, I, I wanted to get to that, so let's let's get to the nitty-gritty here. Okay. Uh, you've had some frustration sometimes with hunting. Okay, yeah. so it's even, it, it did, even though I, <laughs> even though I wasn't like a big bow hunter when we got married, it did make it into our wedding vows. Yes. Okay, t- tell that one. <laughs> uh, Travis compared hunting to Christmas. Okay. Yes, so I remember, I don't remember. I believe he said hunting is equal to Christmas, which is like heresy in my world. Okay, so Kate has always been a huge fan of Christmas. Holidays. Yes, but mainly Christmas. Hmm. And I kind of basically was trying to say to me, deer hunting is like Christmas, but I don't think that translated very well. No, you said deer hunting equals Christmas, and that was like, there is no way. Yes. Like, just 
it just doesn't even compute. Right. Yes. Okay. So that actually made it. I think somehow that weaved into our vows a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah. I think so. I said I'll love you. You know, even when you say hunting is equal to Christmas. All right. So what's been your biggest frustration with with hunting? Hmm. I have heard you say at given points throughout our marriage, I hate hunting okay oh, so yeah. i definitely have said that <laughs> on a number of occasions all right so there might be some guys out there that can relate maybe some girls out there that can relate what's caused the frustration i mean i think i know but go ahead and let's just talk it through well i have a list oh okay all right <laughs> go, now you got a piece of paper over there that you didn't tell me about but go ahead um so i will say the most annoying thing about hunting is elk and turkey calls in my house they're just, those are the, like, most grating noises. I don't know, you know, in Dumb and Dumber where he's, like, the most annoying sound in the world. That's it for me. Elk and turkey calls. I just... Which is worse, elk or turkey? <sighs> well, turkey's more often. Yeah. So probably turkey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he taught our daughter how to do the turkey call. <laughs> I did. So, oh, and she can use a box call, too, so... She's pretty good at it. Yeah, and which is great. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's the annoying thing. Um, some of the smaller things that, I don't know, aren't my favorite um, are that it is the only gifts you ask for for Christmas every year. It's like, I need more hunting stuff. I need more hunting stuff. I need different hunting stuff. I'm like, how in the world can there be that much hunting stuff? That is true. Part of the problem is, is that obviously Christmas falls within deer season or you know toward the end of bow season so that's all i can think of i can never think of anything else that i want that's i say clothes now because i'm an old man but i do <laughs> socks and underwear socks underwear <laughs> nice shirts and, and hunting, stuff. hunting stuff that's about yeah you're that's yeah. true I, that's completely true um but you are gone a lot and it's not like you're going on you know like extended stay trips every year mm -hmm. um but you know, wake up in the morning, you're not here when I need to get the girls ready or not here to put the girls to bed because you're doing an evening hunt or, you know, the deer is right under your stand and you're trapped and you can't get out kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then we also have to rearrange our schedule a lot, which um, you all don't know this, but that's a big deal for me. Like plans and not having them change are a big deal. And when it's like, hey, I just found out so-and-so is going to go hunting tomorrow and they asked me to come. So can we, you know, like instead of going to this at 11 and that at 2, can we do it, you know, later in the day or earlier in the day? And like that is just a frustration to me with hunting. And hunting is expensive. Um, and I'm an accountant and I'm cheap. Um, so that is also a big frustration, um, to me with hunting because I don't know, like spending a couple thousand dollars on an elk trip every three years is just not in my, my brain. That's just not something that I would fathom doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. $650 for the tag alone. Just, yeah. I think just it's more than and I completely recognize that. I, I think that you and I have had a lot of conversations about that because, I mean, we've talked about this recently on the podcast. I can, without a doubt, I am my father's son, and I can <laughs> become very obsessive over things, especially like hunting. I can get so wrapped up in it that it just, it's all I think about, and it's all I talk about, and, um, you know, especially like the elk hunting last year, I think that was wearing on you. Not even the fact that I was going to be gone for 10 days, but just how much I talked about elk hunting. And it was, it just, that's... Yeah, so my birthday's in May, our anniversary is in April. And on both of those dates, 
his friend Nathan texted him and was like, hey, here is a list of what you're not allowed to talk about today. And it was like elk hunting, deer hunting, turkey hunting, tree stands. That's true. Travis Shire. All right. So there's probably some guys out there that are relating to this. Their wife might be the same way. Um, some have the mentality, well, this is just my passion. You just got to suck it up and get over it. I've not. I've tried not to take that attitude because you and I feel like we're a team. And so I, and I see that across the board, like we each have different roles and responsibilities and things we do in the house, but I try and help you with the kids. I try and put the kids to bed. I've, so are there some things, maybe I'm hoping, <laughs> are there anything, is there anything that comes to mind ways that I've helped you with this? Is there a way that I've maybe gotten better at, you know, trying to do my part so that you don't maybe hate hunting as much or it's not as big of a frustration? Yeah, I think so. It is. Um, you now kind of understand my need to get away. So there was a time, um, like when our second daughter was really little, that I took three months of maternity leave and I was home with the girls all day, every day. And it was just like, I need to not be here right now. Um, and I think that. Um, you being able to go get away hunting for a day or, you know, spending time with some of your friends for a little while um, has helped you understand my need. Like when you come home and I've been at home all day, Fridays, babysitting the girls and working from home at the same time that I need to go, you know, do something else. Um, so that has been good. It also helps like if I want to spend money on something, you're like, oh, well, I've already spent amount on hunting, so go for it. Like, you know, go buy that new shirt or, you know. I rare, very rarely tell you no on buying something because I've most likely at some point within the month ordered something that you might not be aware of because you haven't seen the package yet. So Yeah, but I do check the bank accounts. I probably am aware that of that. That is true. But, that is true. Um, and then... Um, there are just little things that you'll do, like um, when you went on your elk trip, which was, so I dislike the elk trips probably the most because they're extended. Yeah. Um, so they're like, you're in Colorado and I have no help. And the first elk trip you went on, um, when our daughter Hattie was still alive, mm. um, she always got sick when you went out of town. Yep. And, like, that was the first question the doctor would ask. Oh, is Travis out of town? Yes. And so that was, like, there's going to be two weeks here where I, I'm i on my own with her, you know, and our middle daughter, Ansley. Like, I, I'm alone, and I have, you know, this big responsibility. And, I, I mean, I was working part-time then, and so it was just that was hard. Yeah. Um, but you do make me videos. Um so that I can play them for the girls um, at night um, on my phone. And then there were videos, I just saw them the other day, actually saved on my computer for Kate on the elk trip. Um, and then there's one that was like, only watch this if I die or get eaten by a bear. <laughs> I don't think I've ever watched that one, but, but I, I should. I told you to delete that one. It's so corny <laughs> and should. terrible. It's like the, if things go sideways. Uh, one, yeah, but yeah. that's nice. So like, you know that there's going to be struggles while you're gone and you've kind of, upfront taking care of them i mean ansley would watch um so every night travis will tell ansley a story he'll tell the story make it up that is not my forte i will read her the story so she would always ask for a daddy story and so i have uh, probably five of them on my phone um that he taped before his last elk trip 
which was last year, um, so that I could show Ansley daddy stories. Yeah. And then um, some other things that make me not hate hunting. Um, So a couple of the stories that I thought of, um, actually just earlier this year, um, you were taking one of my best friend's husband's um, turkey hunting for his, I think it was his first turkey hunt. And so um, this was during COVID. And so a few... I don't know, a few days before that, you took all of us um, and we went up to the field and we made a turkey blind. And so the girls were dragging sticks and we were piling them up and then they were finding cow patties (laughs) and everything to put in this turkey blind. And we got to do it as a family. And it was one of those like last cold days of spring kind of things. And that was cool. Yeah, and that we all you know got included in that and um, of course the girls loved that because they just got to run around outside and then um ansley is is totally getting into it like she likes to shoot her bow um that eric gave her and she likes um you know do target practice and one day i think it was i think it was this winter past winter she was out on the porch and there was a deer in the yard and you and her shot that little bow and like that arrow just like bloop. <laughs> and she goes, oh, so close. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that is just like, I don't want to be the one going hunting. But if Ansley wants to go hunting and that's something that you two do together, that's cool with me. And so I just thought that that was, you know, and where did she hear that before, Travis? So oh, close. so close. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so... Uh, I think those things, um, you, also the fact that you like to be a teacher um, and an expert. So, like, there's always somebody new that you want, you know, to show hunting. Right now it's my brother and, um, and Corey and, yeah. you know, all the younger kids at church. And it's also something you're an expert at. So, like, people, when they have questions about hunting, they call oh. you. <laughs> Guys on this show are laughing a little bit at that one. I don't know yeah. if I'm an expert. Although, I will say, if you're a saddle hunter and you have questions about knots and gear, don't call Travis. No. <laughs> it's like a foreign language to him. No, I'm not. I, I know enough just not to die, I think, is, is basically. Yeah, but I mean, but. you know, like, the eye dominance test and what kind of, you know, exploding field, or not field, broadheads, what exploding broadhead things to use. and Ex- Expandable. They explode in the deer. It's <laughs> It's kind of frowned upon to use explosive deer products. <laughs> make it easier. You should go for it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, so. explosives. I want to see a guy on this this podcast debate that, like, guys, which explosive products are you using? See if. Yeah, call yeah. Travis. He can tell you. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. I, okay, so thank you. I, I appreciate mm-hmm. that. One, I, the only thing I thought of uh, that I try to do is I've because I know that you are a scheduler and you live <laughs> by our calendar. I, I've tried to schedule my hunts, so I've tried to put it on there. Hey, um, like I got one on there for like October seventeenth because that's whenever I saw that big buck last year, and I'd like sometime around there. And it's not like hard and fast, and I think I'm pretty flexible for the most part on mm-hmm. those. Uh, I got the rut, you know, what day's the but rut. sometimes I just add things to the calendar because I know he's going to start putting all these hunts <laughs> on race. there. It's so a like, race. Get it on there first. Yes. So uh, I hope maybe there's something there, guys. I, I, I try, and I, Kate works with me, and she tells me whenever I'm doing bad sometimes, and sometimes she mm. lets... There's a story about that. Okay, go ahead. All right. So the first 
turkey oh, that Travis shot. I believe it was your very first one. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely the first one on our own land. Um, Travis told me that he was going to go and mow the yard. And so um, I was in the house with the girls. And then all of a sudden, I just hear this like, kapow! And I thought that the mower had exploded because <laughs> Travis was mowing the yard. And so I'm running up and down the you know hill of our driveway in my bare feet, yelling, are you okay? What happened? And no reply, no reply, no reply. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, out of the backyard, not on a lawnmower, comes Travis with a turkey over one shoulder and a gun over the other shoulder. I'm like, what the heck? I was about to call 911. <laughs> I thought you were dead because here, you know, you're supposed to be mowing the yard and instead you had heard a gobble in the backyard and taken off after this turkey you were terrified i remember like you had tears in your eyes because you thought i was dead and i'm I'm like like on cloud nine because i've just killed my first turkey and of all places our three acres here i never expected it so it was yeah that was funny Mm -hmm. but also sad at the same time yeah (laughs) so that's that's one of those times where i was like i i despise this (laughs) Like, like, what would you have done if the ambulance had showed up? Uh, don't know. I'm not yeah. sure. They wouldn't have been able to save the bird. I know that. But, well, you know. Uh, um, all right. I know we kind of talked about this. So I kind of have goals every year. Yeah. Um, or at least I've tried to come up with some goals just to try and become a better hunter. So my goals this year, try and get Corey, uh, his first deer, at least give him a shot at the first deer. I'm hoping to do that this Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like to help Riley get his first deer with a compound. He's killed a deer before. And then it's kind of a loose goal, but for me, from somewhere along the line, I'd like to fill our freezer again, get a doe, and hopefully get a shot at a, at a good buck. A buck better than the one I got last year, which isn't going to be too hard to do, but hopefully something that I get a chance at. That's mm-hmm. it. I want to ask you, what are your goals <laughs> going into this hunting season? I thought that would be an interesting thing okay. to hear. All right. Well, I think it'd be cool um, if all of you that you just mentioned, Riley and Corey and you, um, all got humongous bucks on September 26th. Okay. Opening day. <laughs> yeah. Just just get it done because then I don't have to hear about it. Okay. Um, and if you're like, never get to hunt again, not a big deal. Okay. Okay. All right. That's my main goal. Um, no, I actually think it'd be cool if if you could get Corey a deer because, um, so Corey is one of my best friend from college's husbands and he has never hunted like other than turkeys, right? Mm-hmm. He hunted turkeys Just with, with you. Year, yeah. And, um, it's kind of cool because now like my friend and I have something, well, we actually, um, she became like one of my sort of supervisors at work, um, trainer supervisors. So now we have like work and family and now our husband's she's, hunting. She's saying all this uh, hunting stuff is showing up on her yeah, doorstep that's now. Right. Travis shared the, the Camo Fire website with Corey and she goes, there is stuff showing up on my doorstep from Camo Fire every day. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, I understand when that happens. Um, so if, if he got a shot at a deer, that would be cool yeah. because I think that that would be cool for Leah and their family too, like yeah. a different experience there, you know, more town folk and everything. Yeah. And so yeah. I think that would be interesting. Um, and I really like canned deer and deer sticks. Um, so more of those would be fine. And Deer tenderloin too, right? The deer tenderloin was good yeah. the other night. But I will say this, um, in my personal opinion, 
other than the fact that you would talk about it and long for shooting a buck, I would rather you shoot all does. Yeah. They because do taste they better. Because they taste better. They do, I, I think. But there is the rule, you know, no doe with a fawn behind it. <laughs> Don't shoot a deer with spots. If I wanted to shoot a deer opening day, I could go out in my underwear on the back porch and probably shoot one. Yeah, but, but those are pets. Yes. Those they have are, rules. Those yeah. deer have rules. All right. So Kate's always been fond of the fawns mm-hmm. in our backyards and, of course, the mamas that take care of them. So those have kind of been off limits for me, um, which is understandable. Yeah. And then my other goal is for you, um, don't die. It's don't kind die. of what I say to you every time you're like, yeah. hey, I'm leaving. You know, don't die. Yeah. I think m- part of that is because of the Cunninghams. Was Is it Veronica Cunningham? Yeah. And she told this story at a women's retreat one time that her first husband was hunting and didn't come home and they went out to find him and he had had he fallen or gotten stuck out of his tree stand or something but anyways he was hunting and he died and if anything really would make me hate hunting that would probably be it if you died we i really do try and tell you and somebody else that's something guys i mean i know some of us just want to get out and go but uh, i'm planning on going to a spot i've never been to on saturday morning actually i um, i think i'm going to do that a public land spot and um, i've given coordinates out so we try and Try and make it safe. I had a Garmin inReach during the Colorado thing, so I could stay in touch and that kind of thing. But yeah, the good goals, <laughs> good goals. Yeah. I don't want to die, um, and it'd be awesome if we all shot bucks on the on the first. Well, I mean, you you might not all be hunting on opening yeah, day, but you know, close good. to it. So. That's good. Uh, good stuff. Well, Kate, thanks for. Um, I appreciate that. Good stuff there. I yeah. think. Something I thought that we could talk about uh, here toward the end. Um, guys, I appreciate you listening. We just thought it'd be kind of fun just to kind of get somebody's perspective that's not a hunter, um, but Kate lets me hunt. She um, uh, you know, she supports me in hunting, even though sometimes it's not her favorite thing, and I've, I have to manage it. But I, part of the thing I think for us is I feel like you and I, we, we have our ups and downs like every couple, but I feel like there's been things that have kind of... Um, cemented our the way that we lean on each other mm-hmm. and so to get a little bit i guess on deeper side of things um guys if you've listened to this podcast for a while you probably know my wife mentioned it um but uh we have three daughters uh two of them uh, are upstairs sleeping and our oldest daughter is is no longer with us in heaven so you that's not a shock to you if you've listened to this but uh this week in fact in two days is the two-year anniversary of hattie passing um, Kate, just from your perspective, and, and I know how you feel about this, but for our audience here, tell a little bit about Hattie and just kind of how you and I uh, dealt with that. And I'll, I'll dive in some too. You don't have to take it all on, but um, talk about uh, you know us finding out and just kind of the story if somebody hasn't heard it. Okay, so at our um, 20-week ultrasound where you find out if you're having a boy or a girl, um, we found out that Hattie um, had a... Uh, sacred coccygeal teratoma, mm-hmm. which is basically a tumor that is attached at the base of your spine. Um, sometimes they're not a big deal. Hers was. Um, so we went up to Ohio State for a couple of weeks, and finally they said, hey, we can't handle this anymore. You need to go to Philadelphia. Yeah, um, 50-50 odds. 50-50 odds on survival. If the tumor grows, mm-hmm. um, it will steal the blood supply from the baby and, and, and kill it. So it's just all a matter of is that tumor growing and it's a matter of timing and everything so we went to philadelphia um children's hospital of philadelphia i have some relatives that live there melody and tim my aunt and uncle and so they said hey if you need to you can come stay with us they were about a half an hour away 
went to Philadelphia. Um, everything looked fine, but they asked us to stay in town, so we did. Like um, for, for the duration of the pregnancy. Right, which would have been three months about. Um, and within that week, um, we went for a follow-up, and the tumor had grown like 800 milliliters, which was like ridiculous amount of growth. And they said, basically, um, tomorrow morning you can have surgery. And so we did that, um, fetal surgery. So they removed Hattie's foot. Uh, they, yeah, they cut my stomach open. They removed Hattie's foot and the tumor, um, like gave her anesthetic and IVs and everything, cut the tumor off, uh, created a little behind for her, put her back in the womb, closed everything up. Um, she stayed in for two more weeks and then she, um, she actually had a brain bleed while she was, um, in utero and they didn't think that she would survive birth. Um, but she did at 27 weeks and we stayed in the NICU with all of its ups and downs for four months, um, in Philadelphia. That is where I quit my first job (laughs) because there was no way I could, you know, work full time while, um, doing that, um, staying in the NICU and taking care of Hattie. And then, um, she, we came home and, um, we had a number of challenges teaching her how to eat and she couldn't hold her head up and seizures. she had seizures and she never talked and um, all of that kind of thing. But, you know, Travis and I worked together through that. We, you know, learned how to do IEPs and work <laughs> with Help Me Grow and get her all of the equipment that she needed and, um, you know, be mean when we needed to at hospitals and, you know, state our cases and stand up for ourselves and stand up for Hattie. And that was a pretty big deal. And then, um, you know, she went to preschool for two years at a basically a handicapped regular student mixed preschool. And then she started kindergarten in 2018 at our local um, public school at Belpre. Belpre Elementary with one of my really good friends, um, Lauren, who Jim is part of your group, her Mm -hmm. husband, um, was her kindergarten teacher. And she was in kindergarten for about a month. She was getting her eye gaze machine, learning how to communicate with her eyes. Um, So we found out um, that there's a company that makes, um, they're they're called eye gaze machines. They're basically computers that can tell where your eyes are looking. Um, This company made them for people with ALS. And and Um, Hattie... She was not only not, like, Hattie couldn't point to things. Hattie had a hard time moving her arms, you know, other than just to kind of army crawl. She was pretty much nonverbal, yeah. but we started to see, that like, she a, would look at something for, a, like, yeah, a choice. there was, like, a light in her eye at a certain point. Like, she was so, mm-hmm. like, the seizure meds were really rough on her mm-hmm. early on. And then at a certain point, we got her those balanced out. And probably when she's, I don't know, maybe two or three, we really felt like, a light came on, and so we yeah. started asking her yes or no questions, or have her like look at stuff, and it seemed like she could mm-hmm. actually look. Well, and know. she could. So we found that out when we went to this. Uh, we tried out this thing, and it was really just a keyboard that you looked at, and it read where you were looking. And we asked Hattie to spell her name, and she looked at the H, and then she looked at the A, and then she fell asleep. But you know, <laughs> that was pretty good for it, her. It blew so. us away. Like I had no yeah. idea that she had picked up in preschool letters. Like there was no yeah. way for her to tell me that other than this machine. And and it, it kind of unlocked her. They were, you know, using um, choices like that, you know, like, hey, um, we're doing a math test and here's two answers. And she would, you know, choose the correct answers in math. And yeah. so she was in there. Um, and so um, she was working on getting this eye gaze machine and uh, making new friends in preschool or in kindergarten and everything. And then um, 
she just had one of those really big seizures you don't come back from. They actually think it, um, what is it, SUDEP, Sudden Unexplained Death of Epilepsy. And she went to bed on uh, Monday night and did not wake up on Tuesday morning. Yeah, and what's crazy about that and the, the tie to this this podcast was my very first interview uh, for a podcast was with Don Higgins. Uh, he was actually the first person I ever interviewed. He actually ended up being a little bit later whenever I finally got around to that episode because of what happened. Because I put Hattie to bed, or I, I said goodnight to Hattie that night uh, after playing with her, trying to exercise mm-hmm. with her. You put her to bed, and then the mm-hmm. next morning is whenever... Our worlds got kind of rocked. Yeah, and that is interesting about the podcast because I remember it was probably three or four months later we had been seeing a counselor, and I remember asking Travis, like, is the only reason you're not doing the podcast because Hattie died the day after you did it, after you did your first one? And and the answer was yes. Um, And so that was one of the things that I, you know, for his, his recovery, I guess, uh, out of the grief and Andrew counselor yeah. suggested that you pick the podcast back up. Yeah. So you guys didn't realize this, your therapy for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Kate, um, there's people out there and you and I, we don't have a perfect marriage. There's no such thing, but I, I do think that we've had an unusual amount of like challenges and things that we've faced, even while we were dating me choosing between where you lived growing up. I chose between your church where you grew up and where I ended up actually going. So I had, I chose a place knowing that if we stayed together, you would have to leave. You know, mm-hmm. there was a lot of things that we faced, but I, I've always felt like I've never questioned whether or not you and I were always going to be a team. You know, we've, yeah. we've kind of had that. It's just one of those things is given, you know, it's, it's going to happen. So you're my constant. <laughs> Yeah. Now we're getting mushy, getting real mushy, but (laughs) no, that's good. That's good. Um, I guess we'll wrap up with this. I I think it's not just sheer determination, um, that has kept us together. It's not even what we just mentioned, the hardships. Those have obviously solidified our, our, our time, but I, I think our relationship with God is without a doubt the thing that's probably helped us the most, uh, us, I've found, I've said this before, I've found that when it, the days that I'm spending trying to get closer to God, I'm actually mm-hmm. closer to you because yeah. I end up being less of a jerk, less selfish. <laughs> um, I care more about the kids. I don't make you do all the stuff and, and cook and do every single thing around this house. I try and do some of that too. So I've I found that that's, that's helpful for us. How yeah. about you? No, I think so. Um, and the other thing is to, to not, um, I don't know, make it, like, well, why me? A pity party kind of thing all the time. Like, I think God picked us to do certain things. Like, there are things we learned with Hattie that are helping other people. Mm-hmm. There are things that we're learning um, with the struggles your mom is going through that, you know, are helping other people. Um, and just in general, I mean, not only do we now, you know, have stories about, you know, raising a handicapped child, we also have stories about dealing with a child who passes away or a father who has cancer or a mother who has Alzheimer's or, you know, things like that. And, and while they're all challenges, um, they're just another way to help people. Yeah. Instead of saying, why us say, why not us? Exactly. And that's, that's what's made us who we are. So, well, I, uh, I just want to say thanks. I think you did a great job. I'm a little biased. um, So, hey, if you think Kate did a good job, leave a comment wherever I've posted this and, um, you know, let her know. But 
Um, hey guys, as we're going into hunting season, if you are in a relationship, if you're married or girls, I'm, I'm not being biased here. Girls, if you're diehard hunters and you're married to a guy there, that's not. Our relationships and family come first. Uh, always remember that. You can shoot the biggest giant buck of your life, and whenever you kick the bucket, it's probably going to a cracker barrel or maybe a Cabela's if you're lucky, right? Yeah. But your relationship with, with your wife and your kids, that lasts. That lasts a long time, and it, it needs to last. So do those things this season to make it count. Have fun hunting. Um, hopefully some of those things we talked about helped. And, um, and make other people enjoy it too. Absolutely. Hey, thanks. Yep. Man, guys, I had a lot of fun with that one. I've got one quick verse to close us out. Ephesians 5.21 says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Um, whenever we hear the word submit, it's not always a, a good word. Sometimes we have like a negative connotation, but it's, a, it's actually a beautiful thing whenever you see it in marriage. Whenever a husband loves his wife and is willing to give up some things for her, um, and in, in turn she does the same thing. They, they uh, come together and form a team, and, and that's something I'm, I'm working on. I am no expert at whatsoever, um, but I've been married 11 years, and it's been a great 11 years, and I really appreciate my wife coming on, sharing her stories. We have gone through the fire together. We've gone through some really good times together, and we're able to laugh and, and enjoy that. So I hope this episode was something that you enjoyed. I uh, want to remind you about the T-shirts that we got for sale right now. Thank you for listening. Hope that you have a fantastic hunting week, and remember to shed the light. <laughs>